Hey guys, Chris Harry with you on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. My guest this week is Chargers quarterback Geno Smith, and I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know Geno off the field. He was fantastic. We discuss West Virginia football, his passion for reading and creative writing, coaching aspirations, and of course, all the amazing work that he's done in the community. All right, welcome into episode 10 of the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. Please be joined by Geno Smith here at the Hook Performance Center. And Geno, what a weekend, man. Chargers get the win. West Virginia gets the win. We were talking about that on Saturday, man. Big weekend for football for you. Yes, sir. Uh, First of all, yeah, West Virginia got the win. That was huge. Will Greer. Clutch, man. He's a real deal. A real deal, real deal. Very clutch in the fourth quarter. And then we got the win on the road uh, in a hostile environment. That was that was big for us as well. That was big. Well, let, let's get into the West Virginia thing, too, because if you didn't see that game, I think West Virginia was down six. Yeah. Right? They were, they were down six in the yep. fourth quarter. Will Griffith was a 33-yard touchdown. And then you see Holgerson on the sideline. He was celebrating <laughs> for like that. a second. Yeah. And then he said, hold on. You want to go for the win? Yeah. Let's go for the win. Yeah. And then sure enough, they get it. 41-40 in Austin, man. That's Hogerson, man. That's Hogerson. He, uh, he's got confidence in his guys. You know, I was his player for two years. He had confidence when, when I was there. And uh, he, he plays the win. Uh, and, that, and that's the West Virginia way. We love it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and Will Greer, man, I think since you, I mean, he he's probably going to be the highest rated quarterback prospect yeah, since be. you, I think. He right? should be. He's, uh, he's really good. I went there two years ago to the spring game, and I was blown away by him. Uh, you know, it was his first year there, and, uh, you know, he can throw it. He can really throw it. Yeah, so, okay, so West Virginia is 7-1, I believe, now. And then they got what games against Oklahoma at the end. They kind of almost control their own destiny in the Big Twelve, I, you know, right? A lot, I've been talking a lot of crap to guys, and uh, you know, a lot of Big Big Twelve guys in the locker room. I told them we're okay, going so to the playoffs. So Adrian Phillips was Adrian Phillips? AP. Yeah, yeah. Me and AP. We had a little thing going, and then what did uh, AP say? You know, he's all about Texas, man. Of course, he's, you know, he's rooting hard for Texas, and they're a good team. You know, they're on their way back. You know, they've really been playing good. Herman's turned that around. Yeah, a little they got bit. them playing good, but uh, you know, this year was our year. You know what? It, it was funny. I was just telling you offline. All this stuff with with Mahomes and Mayfield last week. Everyone's like, "Oh, remember the rematch? Um, oh, yeah. The Big yeah. Twelve. They, I think they combined. I think I have the stats here. Mahomes threw eighty eight times, which is insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Fifty two of eighty eight. Seven hundred thirty four yards, five touchdowns. Mayfield five hundred forty five yards and seven touchdowns. Wow. And it got me thinking. I'm like, all right, hold on. Twenty twelve. Geno Smith did something similar, yeah. but Geno Smith threw for six hundred fifty six yards. Eight touchdowns, yeah. and you had more touchdowns than incompletions, man. 45 yeah. of 51. Yeah. Do you remember that game? You have to. Yeah, of course, man. And a lot of that was just out of necessity, man. They were scoring two. I mean, that was a, if you remember that game, it was 63 to 70, and, and then we were going back and forth. The Big whole 12 game. football, yeah, right? That's Big 12 <laughs> shootout, you know, a classic Big 12 shootout. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a great day. And you don't realize you're doing that at, at the time because you're just focused on trying to win the game. Yeah. And then afterwards, you look at it and it's like, wow, you know, that's something that, you know, you, you'll probably never repeat again. Yeah. Well, I remember because I, I look back, I want to look at some of these highlights. And, and going into that game, you had 12 touchdowns and no interceptions going into that game. Oh, yeah. So you left that game 20 touchdowns, no interceptions through the first four games, man. That, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, like I said, at the time, you're not really thinking about it. Of you know, course. it's my senior year in college. You're just trying to get yourself ready to go to the league and, you know, do as much as you can out there to win games with your guys. And then, you know, you look up after some stuff like that and it's like, wow, you know, you don't realize how, uh, how good that is. But it is really good. In hindsight, yeah, you yeah, look back, hindsight, right? Yeah. And then 
Who's on that team? Stedman Bailey? We had Stedman, uh, Tavon Austin, J.D. Woods, McCartney. We had, we had a lot of good receivers. Was Stedman a high school backs. teammate of yours? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, wow. Sir. Stedman and I, we go way back since junior high school. You know, Stedman and I have been, uh, you know, high school teammates as well. So we, we had a good uh, chemistry there. That's awesome. So, Coach Holgerson, I had him on the podcast after they drafted Kaiser, after the Chargers drafted Kaiser, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed my conversation with yeah. him. Man. He seems like a player's coach, a guy you want to play for. Yeah, really, really down-to-earth guy, uh, has a great relationship with his players um you can talk to him about anything and you know I still go back and talk to him you know I'll be going back uh to to finish my degree and I'll be helping out with the uh with the team there uh after this season oh that's so, awesome you know I'll get back kind of to my roots there and, and we'll share a bunch of time there as well so you you're an English major at yes, West Virginia okay mm-hmm. so reading you read books huh? reading I read a ton of books I just bought Kobe Bryant's new book Mama Mentality uh, I need to get that yeah, that's, that's on my good. list I started reading it two days ago it's really good uh, I've read a lot of books I read Drew Brees's book you know from uh, his comeback from his injury uh, when I was doing ACL and I also like writing you know I'm a creative writer as well okay so, so books I need some recommendations man because so what I do is I got a longer commute coming in here so I yeah. use audible the I really, I, yeah, I, I do a lot of audio yeah. books, and, and I actually, I just downloaded last night Vince Lombardi's book, and That's it's a like a, one. it's a, twi- I read a part of that. One. Is it when Pride Still Matter? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I like books like that. Uh, I read John Wooden's book. That's one if you, a yeah. great audio book. You can kind of listen, and it's a lot of life lessons in it. It's like twenty four. Yeah, the ones that are like twenty four hours, I love because yes. It's, yes. you, you could just kind of crush them over like yes. a period of a couple of weeks. Yes, John Wooden's book I think is recommended for everybody because it's just you know he's one of the winningest coaches of all time in any sport and then you just kind of listen to the way that uh, he approached every single week and every single game and it's it's real good for your day to day I love books like that because it's applicable to life too yes. you know you, yes. you could t- you could pull things I remember uh, Bill Walsh's books the score takes care of itself yes. and the winning edge like yes. those are things where you, you pull things out of it. it's like man that's you can apply that to football, but yes. I can apply that to, to my job, or to you can apply it to, to life in general, man. Yes. It's really yes. cool. So Drew Brees' book is, is something you recommend? I think, uh, yeah, Drew Brees' book is very good. I, there's a lot of things in there that I didn't know personally about Drew and just, like, you know, the the lack of scholarships that he had coming out of high school. You know, he was kind of overlooked because he was shorter, and that's kind of been his whole career, and you just kind of see his mentality. I like books like that because you you look at great people and great players, and you want to say, well, what's the mentality to have? You exactly. Know, what, what makes them uh, click? What makes them great? And, uh, you know, you kind of get some insight when you read their books. I love pulling things from different people because yes. you're not going to go out and try to be a carbon copy of somebody else, yes. but you can pull things from someone like Kobe yeah. or Drew Brees or yeah. John Wooden, the yes. greats in, in, in this mm-hmm. world in, in sports yep. and be like, okay, I, I can do that. There, there are certain things that yeah. everybody's capable of doing, right? Yeah, and a lot of it's just uh, mentality. You know, uh, everyone's different in retrospect and we all got our own, uh, you know, our own uh, ways to go about things. But when, when you look at the mentality of a person or great people, it's all very similar. And yeah. so those are the things you try and mold yourself after. I, I just finished this book. It's called Atomic Habits. It's by this guy named James Clear. And, and it's just talking about just how little habits, if, if you just do yeah. certain things every single day yeah. and you push yourself a little bit every mm-hmm. single day, you don't have to, to have these extreme goals every day. Yeah. But if you just try to be a little bit better, and I, I hear even in football, you hear it talk about 1% better each yes. day, you're going to collect that. And then collectively, you're going to become the person you want to be or the player you want to exactly. be. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot about like good and bad habits. I had a strength coach in college talk to me about good and bad habits and eliminating bad habits and just practicing good habits every single day day and you'll see how you know in the end good things will always happen simply because you're focusing on the positive and it's just little things you do each day to get yes. to that point it's yes. pretty cool mm-hmm. 
So we talked about that big game that you had, but I have to imagine the most memorable one was that Orange Bowl, right? Because that that took place in a place where you played your ball mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah. You hung 70 on Clemson. Yeah. And let me just tell people who was on this Clemson team. So you guys won 70-33. Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerron Brown, who actually scored a touchdown against the Chargers on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. I mean, that was an explosive offense you guys yeah. hung 70 on. And, 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 you know, we went into that game – seeing that, you know, looking on the other side and saying, man, they got some weapons. And so originally it's like, you know, we think they're going to score, so we got to make sure that we score and score fast. And then it just turned out that it, you know, happened to be 70 points at the end of the night. It's wild. So do you do you reflect back on 2012? You're like, all right, there was two 70-point games that I that I authored essentially. Yeah. And you were the MVP in, in a game that, that was right up the street from where you play ball. You know, that was one of the biggest games of my life because it was the last game that my grandmother watched me play before she passed. Oh, wow. You know, she was kind of sick during the time. My grandmother raised me uh, in Miami, Florida, and so she was like the biggest influencer in my life. And, you know, I had worn on my wristband MB, which is her initials, the entire year because she was sick, and then she passed. And uh, she got to see that game? But she got to see that game. And really the only memory, you know, it was a great game, 70-33, we won, and huge, you know, BCS win for the program. But the the only memory that sticks out to me was just running. As soon as the game was over, I just ran all my gear on, just jumped in the crowd, and just ran and hugged my grandmother. That's all I can, you know, that's the 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 only thing that mattered at that time. And it was such a great, great night, you know, for West Virginia, for, you know, really the uh, city of Miami, because a lot of us who played on that team were from Miami and so a lot of our you know our friends and family came out to that game to watch us play and, and you know it was a great night that's great and, and the fact that you got to share that with your grandmother oh, you yeah. know it's it, it, probably the biggest stage of your career in college right sure yeah uh, definitely one of the most memorable games I've ever played in so you're going back to to get your degree um, is it this year yes so, so I mean I had like two credits when I left yeah uh, so it's pretty really just uh, I have to go in the classroom to finish those in- English, uh, you know, classes. They don't let you do it online, or else I'd have been d- done it. Yeah, uh, but I'll go in there and actually be a student again. Well, that'll be cool. A month, yeah, and then I'll be done. That's great. So creative writing. Um, so so what kind of stuff do you like to write? That's really cool. Uh, well, I think I like to. You know, I went to art school growing up, so I'm an artist. Creative is my thing. Everything I do has to, you know, be creative. I love football because you can create out there on the field for sure. You know, and so uh, you know, I took actual art, you know, penmanship and drawing. And, I, you know, I kind of try and put that into words, you know, and that can be anything, honestly. Yeah. And uh, the great thing about words is that they have, you know, these double and triple meanings. And so, like, um, poetry is a huge thing for me. Um, you oh, know, wow. Just, like, writing poetry and writing stories and books. And um, I actually, I actually very detailed, I, uh, you know, I wrote out my ACL recovery. And, really? Yeah. And I haven't shown anyone yet, and I'm still working on it. But, like, you know, I, I did it step by step, day by day, from the moment I got the surgery until when I, you know, I felt I was good enough to play again. Oh, that's and, cool. And so I'm actually going to try and turn that into, like, a tell-all and just kind of, you know, Drew Brees inspired me, you know, his book. And so I'm going to try and turn that into a tell-all for anyone who's dealing with some type of recovery or uncertainty in life. Of course, when when Drew Brees, he got hurt right before he went shoulder. to the Saints, too, mm-hmm. with the shoulder. Was that in a Pro Bowl that he got hurt? Well, he got hurt here. Yeah, uh, he was playing here. He was playing here, uh, going out, reaching for a fumble, and the guy fell on his arm. And then, you know, wasn't sure if he was going to play again. Possibly was going to go to Miami. Uh, I think he w- he wanted to go there, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But they something happened with the uh, yep. with the shoulder, and they didn't you know like it. They ended up signing Cole Pepper, and then he they, goes to the he Saints. gets to New Orleans. Yeah, the rest is history. history. Yep. And in the Mamba mentality, that book, I remember I, I was working at the Lakers when when Kobe 
uh, towards Achilles. Right. And he finished the, the game with those two free throws, yeah, those famous throws. two free throws. But his journey and going back and recovering that late in his career to, mm-hmm. to finish out as yeah. a member of the Lakers, man, that, that has, has to be cool. – there's probably some, some parallels with what you – had to go through, I imagine. Right. Yeah, and I and I think that's the special part. Like I think everyone's story, uh, personally, I think it's all supposed to be written how however it happens is all supposed to happen that way. And I think it's just for the better or good. And I think as long as we look at it with the optimistic view, uh, you know, things always work out. So without giving much away about it, Gino, is it like a compilation of like short stories or like just kind of yes. like short? Yeah. Like- so uh, it started out just as a diary, and then you know I ended up getting creative with it and I started writing poems within it and then I started you know uh, took it from poems to like some of it is like a song and then some of it's just like today I'm not feeling well that's it and yeah then, so it's all over the place it's kind of like art in my opinion it's not uh, necessarily just like an autobiography it's not like a um, you know something just talking about coming back from ACL recovery it's all everything in one however I'm feeling that day however I felt that day all in one All right, guys, quick break and a quick footnote to the conversation I had with Gino about West Virginia, Texas. West Virginia was actually down seven in that game. Holgerson went for two, and then West Virginia won 41-40 in Austin. So there you go. Quick break. Want to tell you about a rare chance for you and a guest to join the Chargers on the field before kickoff. You get two tickets to a game and a special VIP meet and greet with our guys, NFL analysts Matt Money-Smith and Daniel Jeremiah. Enter for the chance to win the Backstage Chargers prize pack by going to chargers.com slash win for rules and details. No purchase necessary. It's open to Southern California area residents 18 and over. This ends January 10th, 2019. Again, go to chargers.com slash win for rules and details. All right, let's get back to part two of my conversation with Geno Smith. You're listening to the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. When you finish playing football, is that something you want to pursue kind of on a full-time basis is, is writing and, and just the creative arts? I think, I, you know, I like that stuff, but I, I'm so invested in football that I think I'll end up being a coach. Really? Okay. I really, I really love the game that much, and, I you know, I enjoy being around the guys, and I enjoy, you know, the game planning part of it, the preparation and all that. So I was talking to Wiz about, you know, I always pick the offensive coordinator's brain about, you know, what got you into coaching? How did you become an OC? You know, who was your mentor? Those type of things. And I was talking to Wiz about that maybe two weeks ago and just telling him that I wanted to coach. You know, I always saw myself doing other things, but at the end of the day, this is what I love to do. So I think I'll always be into, you know, football. That's great. You're in the right place for that, right? You get yeah. you get to pick the minds of, of Coach Lynn and Wiz and, Wiz, and you know, even Gus, Coach Bradley, right? Yes, all great coaches, um, all proven in this league. And, they, you know, I, I learned a little – different thing from each one of them every time the coaching books are the ones that i i love the most i think i've read have you read parcells's biography i haven't man I heard it's a really good one it's it's unbelievable it, I, it, it's probably one of my favorite books because it goes through his entire just career like how he started in coaching yeah. it reminds me of, of someone like yourself because you get you get started in college or you yeah. know what, what coach parcells did i think he started it Air Force, and even before that, he was in the Army. So it's it just of, the journey to get yeah. to being a head coach, yeah. uh, I find fascinating. Bill Parcells, you know, the, one of the greatest head coaches of all time. Isn't it crazy? But, yeah. but Bill Parcells was once, a, you know, a coaching assistant. GA or something. And no one knew who yeah. he was, right. you know? So that's, that's important, man. I, I enjoy things like that. Uh, I actually, when I first got into the league, uh, there was a, like a quarterbacking manual written by Bill Parcells, and it was something that Coach David Lee – was my quarterback coach at the time. Um, he, he's a disciple of Bill, 
and he he's you know he swore on this and he gave it to me and it's basically you know all the things that you look for in a franchise quarterback you know being on time being you know the last one first one in last one out yeah um, you know having you know always being selfless and all those things and it's written by Bill Parcells and I I think I still have it put up somewhere uh, in, in stores like the somewhere. blueprint right yeah, there but it's literally like a blueprint to what you look for in a franchise quarterback you know what's cool about Coach Lynn is Bill Walsh Bill Parcells. Mike Shanahan, yeah. he has a lot of different guys. influences. Uh, you know, I think Coach Shanahan gave him his first job as a coach with the Broncos, wow. and then Bill Walsh pulled him aside, said he identified him as a as a coach in this league. So to have different influences like that, you know, Super Bowl winning, uh, hey coaches, right. it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, Coach Lynn um, has been uh, doing a great job. Uh, I remember. He was on the staff when I was drafted in New York. He was a running backs coach, assistant head coach. And, you know, I thought then, man, like, you know, this guy, he has a, a demeanor about himself that, you know, I think is rare in the coaching world. You know, nothing ever phases him. Uh, but he's very stern, but he's not, you know, too hard on you. And yeah. I think that's something that, you know, is a, is a good trait to have in a head coach. And Co- he's really got Commands that. respect, right, among yes. the guys in the yes. locker room. He, he demands his respect and, you know, and guys want to give it to him and want to play for him. And that's that's something that you want to have as a coach. That's great. In, in the locker room, it, it seems like, you know, over the last 20 games, dating back to last year, 15 and 5, and there seems to be a – a culture that's been created here of mm-hmm. uh, accountability and then also being able to, and I, I remember hearing this in his uh, post-game victory speech to you guys, is being able to just put last week behind you and focus on the next week, right. you know, and you guys have been able to do that the last mm-hmm. five weeks. And I think that, you know, that starts with leadership. It starts with Coach, Coach Lynn, um, you know, it starts with Phil and, you know, it starts with Wiz and all the guys and we just reset every single week. Um, you know, a new standard's been set for me as far as preparation uh, throughout the week, just watching Phillip work and, you know, watching Coach Wisenhunt work and, and Shane. And so, uh, like you said, we just reset every single week, win or lose. We reset, we start over, and we go at it with the same uh, mentality. What's that quarterback's room like? Because, I mean, you know, Phillip, man, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions, just had his 200th consecutive start uh, to win in that environment in yeah. Seattle. Uh, what's it been like just being in the room with Phillip? It's awesome. You know, it's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I've been blessed, you know, the past two years with being with Eli and being with Phil, you know, just seeing the way that these guys prepare. And, you know, now I have a, a, a clear view of what it should look like. So, you know, whenever I get my chance again, I understand that this is how it should be done. This is how you prepare through the week. This is a winning formula. Mm. And then you just try and mimic that and, and do it to the best of your ability, but with the same type of, uh, you know, t- same type of structure. And I think it's cool for you, too, for someone who aspires to be a coach, to have guys like Eli and Phillip be in a room with those guys, guys yes. who have won a lot of games in this league. You know, we yes. talk about Eli winning Super Bowls. Phillip's a future Hall of Famer. Yes, um, it, it's It's got to be an education for anybody. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, you think about it, you know, when I thought about coming to the league, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to work with these guys. But just to be around them, um, you know, like I said, you see the level of professionalism that they have as well as uh, class and just the way that they go about their business throughout the week. Um, you know, specifically Philip. you know, he's, uh, he's very detailed in his preparation. And uh, those are things that, you know, like I said, you know, you want to mimic as a young quarterback and you want to take those parts of their game and implement it into your game. So this is your sixth year in the league, and we were just talking about the East Coast. You know, you've probably played all your football on the East Coast. Yes. How Southern California treated you? 
Man, Southern California is so great. Uh, this weather, you know, you look outside, it's freaking November. And I'm, you know, I'm walking outside. And I got a hoodie on just because I'm used to being on the East Coast. Exactly. But it's like 70, 80 degrees. You can wear out shorts there. and a T-shirt right now. I can be in shorts and a T-shirt easily. But, uh, you know, this is great. Um, the, the fan base has been great. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's some things that we can do better in all aspects of the, you know, of the room. But um, everything around here is just great. I love, you know, Southern California. You know, one of the things that hasn't changed about you you is giving back to the community. I was reading just about what you did in New York with first responders, and mm-hmm. it was an initiative. It was a Seven Sunday Heroes. Yes. Tell me about that and how you started it and how it came to be. Uh, so, you know, my first year in the league, uh, I wanted to do something where I could take, you know, inner city children or, you know, uh, adolescent kids or just someone who's, uh, you know, less well off and bring them to a game um, and kind of take their mind off of things. And so it started with just, uh, you know, I would single-handedly pick someone from the, you know, uh, United Way Foundation or any foundation within the area that were working with kids uh, who may have been in foster homes or, you know, victim of, you know, having family members who were on drugs or anything like that and just kind of mentor them. And, uh, you know, we get seven or eight home games per year. So I would take just the home games and pick a different person and uh, take their family, bring them to the game, uh, let them enjoy the on-field experience so they get the field pass and they get to see us warm up. And then, uh, you know, they'd obviously watch the game. And then after, you know, fellowship with them, I would, uh, you know, kind of sit down and talk to them and just see, you know, what what they were going through in their lives and if there's any advice that I could give to them to kind of help uh, help them in the future. And, uh, you know, it just expanded from there. Uh, It it started as kids, and then there was New York, uh, you know, 9-11 first responders. Um, I mean, we've had uh, Army veterans. Uh, You know, we've had, you know, as much as, you know, old ladies who just enjoy sports. And, uh, you know, I still talk to every single one of them now. You know, they have my cell phone. uh, Freaking little kids are calling me, FaceTiming me, telling me about their grades, how, you know, how they're doing better in school. That's incredible. I got a couple uh, high school football athletes who are, you know, doing pretty good things who, you know, may have not seen themselves, uh, you know, progressing in life, um, you know, until they kind of met someone or had that mentorship from someone, you know, other than a parent or, you know, a, a guardian. That's the type of thing that just puts everything in perspective. And I want to read a quote because this is just one example of, of uh, a family that you affected. There's a guy named Timothy Morley, a NYPD officer who was at 9-11. He was on the scene. Timothy, yep. He was at a, what, a, tra- like a training seminar. He was doing a training seminar when 9-11 happened, and he, he was maybe two or three blocks away, and he ran into the towers and, mm. and helped save people. So this, this is his quote, because you, you took him and his family to a game, and he said, things like this don't happen to me that often. I was really surprised to find out that I was chosen to be part of Gino's Seven Sundays Heroes program. And he said, I was just doing my job 15 years ago. Talking with Gino and taking the time to reflect on that day has reminded me to count my blessings and to focus on being positive. My family and I enjoyed the game and meeting Gino it made our day and it's a memory we will have for the rest of our lives. So the fact that you use your platform to mm-hmm. cr- create indelible moments for other people, that's got to mean more than any eight touchdown game for you, Gino. Of course. And that's, you know, to, to put things in perspective, that's the things that, you know, I and a lot of guys in the league that we care about the most. You know, our legacies are bigger than just what we do on the field. And a lot of times, you know, the outside world tends to reduce it to just, you know, throwing touchdowns and yeah. scoring points. 
Uh, but, you know, we have families. Uh, we're affected by things that happen in the world just like everyone else. Yeah. So we just try and use our, our light to, uh, you know, make it a better place and just spread positivity and uh, continue to, you know, use the platform that we have, uh, you know, for the better good. Yeah, bravo to you, man. That's incredible. I I think everybody remembers where they were on 9-11. You know, my, my dad uh, was a firefighter in wow in the DC area. So when the, the Pentagon hit, I remember the next day seeing him, you know, along with countless people trying to put that fire out at the Pentagon yeah. and man, just what our first responders have done, especially on that day, man, it, it's got to mean so much to them uh, for you to just you know, take them off for a game. I think that's a, that's an escape for so many people is just right. their team, their favorite team and, and be able to experience all that. Yeah. And uh, you know, to be out down there on the field and just witness the atmosphere, you know, it's, it's something that's special. Um, and every, every time I talk to one of them or they call me and you know, they, they have, some good news it just sheds light on you know why we do it you know it's to, yeah. to, to make sure that you know everyone around us is doing well and not just ourselves so even some of the kids that you've mentored in the new york area you still stay in touch with to this day huh? oh yeah uh I, I've literally got maybe eight to ten of them who call me weekly. And weekly? Yeah. And they, whether, I mean, they contact me, whether it's on, you know, Instagram, you know, sending me pictures. Like, some of them are, you know, doing music now. You know, one's, you know, playing high school. It's the senior year. He's going to graduate. Um, and, you know, they're in tough situations in, in New York, you know, in the inner city. Uh, some of them don't even have you know, their, their parents or anything, um, any guidance. And so, you know, just to have someone who you may look up to or may not look up to um, reaching out to you and making sure you're okay, I think that means a lot to them. That's right. And like I said, you've carried it over to here. You were at when the Chargers announced the Boys and Girls Club partnership in September. You were there. Mm -hmm. The Coach of the Weeks, you were there. How has it been just transferring that over here? And I imagine there's some kids in, in the Los Angeles area you've already made uh, yeah. bonds with. Uh, that's huge. You know, it's it's a new environment, but it's still the same mentality. Still give back. Still try and, um, you know, like I said, be a good influence on people, you know, outside of yourself because, you know, we, we take care of our families and, you know, obviously we try and, you know, put back into them. But there's a whole community out there that needs leadership. And, it, it, you know, it starts with us. It starts with the athletes and the entertainers and all the people that are, you know, visibly in the spotlight because people are looking to us uh, for an example of what to be like. Absolutely. It's cool that there's so many guys on this team that do that. Right. You know, and, you know. Yeah. again, we, we talk about Sundays all the time. We talk about wins and losses. We talk about yeah. touchdowns. We talk about, oh, what could have been on the field. But it does get underreported how, how much – Everybody on this team does stuff. I mean, on Tuesdays, these Community Tuesdays, oh, yeah. and even beyond that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys on the team, and they, and we do it willingly. Uh, it's not anything that we're forced to do. People want to give back on this team, and that's something that's special. Yeah. As we close here, Gino, I mean, th this team has won five in a row. Um, we, we talked about Coach Lynn. We talked about Phillip. This locker room in general, it seems like you guys have a closeness that maybe not every team has at this point in the year. Yeah, uh, we're a very tight-knit bunch. Uh, we got everybody pulling in the right direction, in the same direction. Um, you know, I see a bunch of selfless guys from the stars of the team, you know, down to, you know, the 53rd man. And, it, you know, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. When you got everyone pulling in the right direction, um, you know, you can you can win five in a row. And, you know, the sky's the limit for, for where we can go. Well, what's the key to, to just keeping that momentum going um, towards the back half of the year? You know what? It's attacking the preparation. 
you know, we've seen what we can do when we prepare the right way, when we uh, when we go about our business the right way, and we go out there and execute. But it starts, you know, starts on Wednesdays. It starts on Mondays after the game. Yeah, we get right into it, and then uh, you know, we just go throughout the week, one day at a time, get to Sunday and execute. Gino, this was fun, man. I I really appreciate your time, and I think it's really cool that you've you've taken the experience and what you want to do right now. Yes, but have also worked on parallel paths to to try to forge out a, a another job for yourself down the road. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. This is awesome. Uh, you know, I love love the team, love the community, I uh, love everything we're doing here. So we just gotta keep it going. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the 10th episode of the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. Now, this is a brand new podcast, so we need your help to move this up the charts on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a rating and review. Help spread the word. This podcast posts every Tuesday, and of course, be on the lookout for an all-new Chargers Weekly this Thursday. We'll get you ready for the Chargers Week 10 matchup against the Raiders up in Oakland. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.